morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 31. Won't it be wonderful there? Number 31. <laughs> thing to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior, God the Father, eternally saved, walking with the Savior, we enter into the glory land. Won't it be wonderful there? You know, we look upon the things of this life and how we hold them so dear and we all enjoy life. But let's be putting our faith and trust and let's be putting our emphasis on that eternal life. You know, we can all encourage each other and do a lot of things naturally, which is good. But I want us to all be encouraging each other in that spiritual part because that's going to be forever and ever. And that should be the first and foremost things in our life today because this life is very fragile. 
this life will soon be gone. But there will be a time then that we can enter into that glorious peace and that glorious land with Christ and God the Father forever and ever. Won't it be wonderful there? Keep that in mind as we go through the service today. And I hope that we've all come out here today with a mind that what can I do? Lord, what would you have for me to do? That I might encourage someone today to stay on that pilgrimage and to stay with that eye focused on that path, that straight and narrow path that leads to life eternal. Let's keep us, let's all of us keep and be subject to that spirit, the spirit of God. And if that spirit is within us today, let it be strong and let it direct you in everything. There must be a change in our life. If we have received that new birth, there will be a change in our life and there will be works according to that spirit and if there's not, friends, there's something that we need to be moving up, we need to be looking for. And I want to encourage you, each and every one, to let's look for that. Look for the Spirit of the Holy Ghost within us and to let that be what is doing the works within us in everything that we do. And let that light shine that others may be able to see. And I was reading this morning, he said that man didn't light a candle and covered up. They didn't light a candle and put it under a bed. God did not light that spiritual light within you for it to be darkness to others. He lit that spiritual light in you so that others may be able to see what God is doing and what he has done for you. That is what we each and every one need to be looking for today. And let's put our faith and trust there. Not in ourselves, not in man but put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Let's read some today and see what all he has for us that we might be have some understanding in his work today. <clears throat> I believe we'll read some in John today. Let's start reading at the 15th chapter of John. There's so much in these few chapters right here in John. Everywhere that you look, there's just something that is good for us, something that we need to be putting into our treasure, that spiritual treasure, so that we are able to bring them out and be encouraged as we go through life. But he says there, in the, starting at the first verse of the 15th chapter, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it might bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. 
Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. These are words that our Lord and Savior was speaking there to the people. And this was right before that he was going to be crucified and he knew these things. And he was just telling them, giving them some final instructions. And I want us to all to think about what he was just saying today. He was comparing himself as the vine. That vine brings up, it starts out in the ground. It has roots that goes out. And it brings forth the nutrients out of the ground up into that vine and it spreads out there and the branches of it then are able to bring forth fruit, new fruit. And it does it on new vines, new branches is where the fruit is on that vine. And that's what it's got to be with you and I today. He is the vine. Jesus Christ is the one that we must go to to be able to have that spiritual life. To be able to bring forth spiritual fruits, we must be a part of that vine, must be a part of Jesus Christ. We must have accepted him and we must have repented of our sins and we must have faith in him that he can and he will forgive us our sins. Now I want us to think about that. We, we see the vine, we see it when it brings forth fruit. And we see people, the husband, that will go out and he will take that vine and he will trim it and he will put fertilizer around it. He will do all that he can so that that vine will bring forth those branches and then those branches will bring forth fruit. That's what God the Father did. God the Father sent his son here. He gave him the power and the knowledge and the understanding to teach us and to give us the, the understanding and bring forth that new spirit. He went back to his father's house. He sent us the comforter. He has sent that new spirit that we are able now to bring forth fruit. But he also says there, he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This is what God is wanting us to understand, how his kingdom works. He gives that to us. He will offer it to us. But if we are a branch there, we do not bring forth good fruit. He says he purges it. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Are we clean this morning? That's the question. He was speaking here to his disciples and others. He says, now you are clean. You understand what I am speaking to you. Is that the case with every one of us here this morning? Are you clean because of the words that Jesus Christ has spoken? Are you clean spiritually? And what did he speak? His word is repent. Believe that I am the Son of God. 
and repent of your sins. And follow me. Hear my word and do them. That is how that his disciples there were clean. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. Now that's speaking, that's putting it right down, right at the cross. That's bringing it right to where every one of us should be able to understand what he's talking about. If you take that branch, it doesn't matter how pretty that branch is and it might have been a new branch and it was coming out and it might have had the blooms on it, might even had some of the young grapes upon it. But if you cut that, vine, cut that branch off from the vine, it will wither away and it will not bring forth fruit. He's saying here that you need to abide in him. And he says, if you don't bring forth that fruit, there's something wrong because we don't have that new birth there. If we have that new spirit within us, that is what's going to bring forth the fruit. And he says, now abide in me and I in you. Understand what he's talking about, friends. He says that if that branch cannot bring forth fruit unless it is attached and it stays in that, on that vine, he says, you no more can ye bring forth spiritual fruit except you abide in me, abide in Jesus Christ. Is that where we are today? Each and every one of us, ask yourselves this question and know for a surety where you are spiritually. He says, I am the vine. You're the branches. Now he said in the very beginning of this, I am the brine, vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And remember what we just talked about. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You can bring forth fruit. That's a promise from Jesus Christ that he is the he is the vine. He will give us all that we need spiritually so that we can know him and we can overcome Satan. That's the key. That's the goal in everything here is that we are established in that vine and we bring forth those fruits that will lead us to righteousness. It will be righteous works within us, not wicked works. For without me, ye can do nothing. And he's talking about that spiritual part. Without him, we are nothing. We cannot accomplish anything spiritually without him. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth of a branch and, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. A promise of God. Asking spiritual. Are you asking for that spiritual bread? Are you asking for that spiritual fruit to bring to be able to bring forth that in you? Are you asking to be filled with his spiritual wisdom and knowledge? Are you asking to abide in him and him abide in you today? You shall ask what you will, he said, and it shall be done unto you. 
Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And the Father's work is glorified in the righteous, when people can see, and they can see, the much spiritual fruits that they can bring forth. They are not afraid. They are not afraid of Satan. They respect that, but they know that they've got the power of God to overcome Satan. They're not afraid. They know that they can stand with confidence before Jesus Christ because they are a part of the vine. They are a part of Him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Now listen at that. Listen at that, those words there. As the Father hath loved me, and we know that the Father loved Jesus Christ so much that he gave him power over everything. He loved him. He led him through that crucifixion. All of it, he was there. He rose, he brought him out of the grave. He says, as the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. The Father loved him so much, he filled him with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That was his Father, God. And that's what he's talking about here with us. That he loves us so much that we can be filled with that Spirit of that Holy Ghost, just like Jesus Christ did. He says, continue ye in my love. Don't let the love of the things of this world overcome you. But keep that at bay. And keep the love of Christ and love of God first and foremost above everything. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. You see, see how it works? Listen what Jesus was saying there. He says, now, if you abide in me, my Father loved me, and I will love you the same as my Father has loved me. Then he says, now, if you keep my commandments, if you hear my word and you live in accordance with how I am asking you to live, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, I want you to go back and think. Was there any evilness was there any unrighteousness in jesus christ can you see anywhere throughout this bible that it indicates anything about him having an evil spirit or that he sinned or that he was led by satan into things here upon the earth or that he put the worldly things above loving his father is there any place that you've ever read that shows that no nothing in here he says, if you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now do you think that, that he's telling us now we can be like he was? 
we can have that same love with the Father that he had. The Father will give it to him to give to us. All coming right on down from the Father, the Son, to us. Just as the Father did to him. How did he do that? You shall abide in me even as I have kept my Father's commandments. Kept my Father's commandments. That was what Jesus Christ did. What is his commandment there to us? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. How can I abide in the love of Jesus Christ? How can I abide in that and live a worldly life? How can I abide in his love and not keep his word? Live a sinful life. He says, as Jesus, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Do you see where we need to be, friends? These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And that's what we should be looking for, each and every one of us today, is having that understanding and our joy be full, our peace be full, our love or us be full of love, be full of hope, be full of peace, be full of happiness that that spirit will bring. These things I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. He says, I'm telling you now how and what you should live, how you should live so that my peace, my comforter will remain in you that your joy might be filled, might be full. It's such a wonderful thing the way that his his kingdom works if we will just hear it, if we will just follow it. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Listen to what he keeps saying. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. What must I do, Lord? Are we keeping that first and foremost in our mind? That has been brought to our attention the last couple of weeks very, very strong. You're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Are we? Do we have those ears to hear that spiritual ears that we may hear that still small voice that is there so prevalent for us today if we want to hear it, if we want to be a part of it. You know, the season, the time that we are living in today, there was two women that was able to hear the word 
John's mother and father were able to hear the commandment. They were able to see and follow through. And Elizabeth bore a son in her old age. And God was merciful to her. And he was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And then there was a young lady, Mary. That that angel appeared. Appeared to her. And she was able to hear that voice from the angel. Why? Because God looked upon her as a righteous virgin, a righteous young lady that would be able to bring forth his son here upon the earth, be the mother of the Messiah. Because she had those ears to hear, she was listening. She was following the commandments of God in that day. And Jesus Christ now is telling us the same thing. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. He's made known unto you how you can have that eternal life. His Father has made known unto him what, what, it would, what he would require out of us that we could have that eternal life. I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name he may give it you. He chose us to be able to receive that new spirit if that's the case. He chose us because we had faith in his son. And because we repented of our sins, he chose us to be able to receive that new birth. And then he says now, that you should, he, 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 and he has ordained us with that spirit. Now what are you going to do with that spirit? That's what he's saying here next. He chose you to receive it. When you repented and when you had full faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he chose you to receive it. He chose you then to be ordained with that Spirit, to let that Spirit live within this body and to let that Spirit then start controlling the thoughts and the words and the deeds of that body if we are allowing that to happen there. He says, I've ordained you with that Spirit that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. 
that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you that you love one another. And if we have that love one another, we'll have a care for eternal life, first for ourselves and then for others, that we may then help them in whatever way that we see fit that we can. He has ordained you to receive that spirit. And if you have that spirit, then let's use it with a love to others that we can share that and we can help them, we can encourage them. These things I command you, he says. I command you that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. He's chosen you out of the world. Is that the case within us? And these are, these are words that the Lord was just reading or was talking to his people about. And we are reading them today so that we can look at it. We can use his word and examine ourselves with that word. And also we can be encouraged in his word. Because if we follow what he's saying here, we can overcome. And we will see victory. Victory in Jesus Christ. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember, the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. And he was talking to his disciples here. And they were very close to him. He was telling them about what was going to happen and what would happen there to them after he was gone. And not only to his disciples, we can see that this has been happening throughout the time since there of how there has been people that has been persecuted. They persecuted Jesus. They will also persecute you. And there are people throughout the world today that is being persecuted for their faith, for their truths that they are believing and they are teaching to others. If they have kept my sayings, they will keep yours also. There was people in that day that kept and heard the Lord Jesus. He was encouraging them. He says, there is people that will hear the word and keep it in your day also that comes from you. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They do not know God, and we can see that throughout the world today and how people will persecute Christians right here in our country. And throughout the world, Christianity, is there is war against it. And he says, they hated me. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not, I skipped a verse there. If I had not come and spoken unto them, 
They had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He has come and he has condemned sin in man. He has told us that now you can overcome that. You can be clean. Do you remember what he says? Now you are clean. I have spoken unto you, and now you are clean. That's what he said in that third verse. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And then he says over here, If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He can make them clean. He can make any one of us clean. It does not matter who we are. If we hear his word and we follow him, we do what he is saying here. Hear his word and follow his commandments. Love him and love the Father above all things. Get the worldly nature out of our life. He that hateth me hateth my Father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my Father. Listen to that. They did not follow him. They did not hear his word. They hated his word because it condemned them. Are you being, is there things in your life today that is being condemned and you are not happy with the word that is being spoken because it condemns your worldly heart, your worldly mind? What did he say about that? He says, if I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But, but, now have they both seen and hated both me and my father because he was saying they are not living in accordance with my word. They are not hearing my commandments and following them. So they are no difference. They hate my deeds. They hate my father and my work here upon the earth because they are not willing to follow it. But this cometh to pass. That the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. And that would be with us today. Today, What could we ever have a cause to hate the word of Jesus Christ? Why would we ever have a cause to just not live as he would have us to live? Is there ever anything that we should put ahead of of living as Jesus Christ would have us to live. Nothing. Doesn't matter what it might be, friends. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Now he's talking here, and letting his disciples know and understand what was about to happen in just a few short days. And it wouldn't have been long after this. He was crucified, then he was here upon the earth for a period of time, and then right after that, we read recently all about how, what took place there, about that comforter. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send 
unto you from the Father. That's a promise. And then he goes on. Even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Listen at that carefully. When the comforters come, now do you believe that that comforter came there on the day of Pentecost that we read about and talked about just a few short weeks ago? How that that comforter came as a rushing mighty wind and fell upon the people there and they were all able, and I believe the majority of them was the people that he was talking about right here in the very beginning or a good portion of that. It was his disciples and his close followers that was together there that day. I believe it says that there was about 120 of them that was there when they received that comforter that he is talking about right here, whom I will send unto you from the Father, a new spirit, a new birth, a new life, even the spirit of truth that will take away all ungodliness, take away all evilness out of our life. He says, which proceedeth, which cometh, from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now think about that. That comforter is the pure Spirit of God. That's what he says. Even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father. Is there any evil in the Father? Is there any unrighteousness, that Spirit there that proceeds? It comes from the Father. How can we say that we still live in sin, but we've got that new birth, we've got that comforter? We cannot do it. It is impossible for us to love the world and to live in the world and proclaim that I am a child of God. I have had that comforter. If we have, something's wrong. If you've had it and you're living in that sinful, worldly lifestyle, something is wrong. Examine yourself. Do as he says and we keep going over and over. Repent. What must I do, Lord? And overcome by the Spirit of truth that he will send unto you, which proceedeth from the Father. Isn't that something to think about this morning, that that's available to us. It's available to all. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. There, here, his disciples there, they had been with him from the right at the beginning of him starting into his ministry here. These twelve had been with him. And he says, now, you have bore witness of the things that God has done for me. You have seen his power in me. You have seen that spirit of God in me, Jesus Christ. And they were able then to bear witness on that day of Pentecost. They were able to speak the wonderful words of life so that others, whoever they were, could hear that marvelous word. 
Isn't that something to think about here? That here Jesus Christ was telling them before it happened what was going to take place. You also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. These things I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And we can read and you can see as you go through the Acts of the Apostles, you see a lot of these things taking place. That they hated the, the apostles and they hated the disciples because they were servants of Jesus Christ. They were his friends. They had had that new birth. The time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Look at what Paul was doing. That is just a perfect example of what Christ was talking about here. A perfect example of what took place there with Stephen is what Christ was talking about here. They thought and they felt like that they were doing service to God by putting Stephen to death. The time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. And there is people throughout the world today that will kill Christians thinking that they are doing God a service. Give God the praise and give him thanks that we're able to sit here in this building and to hear his word without any opposition and able to other than what Satan will do, what Satan will be there trying to destroy you. We're able to hear his word. We're able to encourage one another in his word. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. And we can see there, Paul was able to know the Father. He was able to lay it all aside and able to know the Father. And he was able to know Jesus Christ and he was able to receive that comforter and be born again. And all of his sins taken away. You see the power, you see the mercy, you see the love of God there, friends. It's all for us today to know. It's all for us to accept and to let our peace and our joy be multiplied in the Spirit. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you that when the time shall come ye may remember that I told you of them and these things I said, uh, said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. He was with them. They could see the power. They could see and know these things. But he was about to go away. He was about to be crucified and about to be to where he would go back to his father. 
But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And I believe when the Spirit of the Holy Ghost came upon them, they were able to remember that, and they were able then to tell others that this is nothing more but what has been prophesied, and this is what Christ had told us and what others had told us that prophesied was going to happen. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, Whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. He was talking to his friends, his closest friends there. Few disciples. Maybe they're still where they were having that last supper. And he was there speaking these things to them. But I go my way to him that sent me. Go back to the Father. He's the one that sent me here upon the earth. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled my heart, filled your heart. He says, I've said these things to you. He's told you all this. He's told you I'm about to leave. I'm about to go to my Father. And sorrow has filled your heart. Think about it. It would, it would be the same as us if we had a close friend that we were right with. And we saw that his time was almost ready to leave this world. And then he was there and he was talking to us and he was telling us there, it's time for me to leave. Sorrow would fill our heart. But we could also then listen to what else he has to say. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Listen, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It sorrowed your heart what he was telling you. But he says, I'm telling you the truth. He says, it is necessary. It has to be for you that I go away. It is expedient for you that I go through this death, that I go through this crucifixion, that I lay my life down for you, that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. He has promised them and he's told them about that Comforter, that he will send it to them. And what that Comforter will do is going to give you a new spirit, a new life. Power over sin. But he says, if I don't go away, that will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. He will rebuke sin. He will expose sin, that spirit of God 
will expose sin and lead you away from it. And of righteousness and of judgment, it will also show you that righteous spirit that is there and show you how to judge righteous judgment and how to stay away from the sin. It will reprove the world of sin. It will, all of the wicked, he will, he will condemn them. Those that accept him, he will be able, they will be able to see that comforter and see that righteous spirit and be able to judge between right and wrong because the comforter that he sends to you of sin because they believe not on me. He'll expose their sin because they did not believe upon them. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. The righteous there, he is going to the Father and he is there today mediating for us of righteousness because I go to the Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Who is the prince of the world? Nobody but Satan. He is the prince of the world. The judgment will be rained down upon him and upon all those that follow him. The prince of judgment because the prince this world is judged. He is judged unrighteous. He is judged evil. He is judged and cast into the lake of fire. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. They needed to grow spiritually. So he had many things. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall be will show you things to come. Isn't that an encouraging verse there? He says, I have that twelfth verse there. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you. But you cannot hear them now. They were not able to hear it all. They were not able to comprehend it all because they had not had that new birth yet. They had not, didn't have the power to be able to understand that. But he says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come? When he, that spirit of the Holy Ghost, is coming to you, when I have spread it here upon the earth, when I have, when it has, when you have been chosen of my Father to be able to receive that, how be it when He, the Spirit of Truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Does it say anything there about Him guiding you into sin? Does it say anything about that that He will guide you into a worldly lifestyle? How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, come into your life. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, 
telling you all things. What is he hearing? He's hearing the Word of God. He's hearing the truth from God the Father. That's who he's, who he's abiding in Jesus. That's who he's, who he's giving him the spirit, the wisdom, the knowledge. It's God the Father. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. He shall glorify me, God, and glorify Jesus Christ in that spirit. For he shall receive of mine all of those that are able to receive that spirit that repents and acknowledges him as the Savior of the world. He shall receive, he says, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, even said, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. All things. All the power over sin, all the love, all the mercy, all the forgiveness. Said of his. Therefore said I, that he will take of mine and show it unto you. He will show all of what he has given to Christ. He will show it unto you. And he'll give you life. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. A little while, and you shall not see me. Just a short period of time from the time he was talking to this to where he was crucified. And they did not see him for a period of time, about three days there, that they did not see him. He was in that tomb. And what does he say? A little while, and you shall not see me. And again, a little while, and you shall see me. A little while, and you shall see me. He was resurrected out of that grave. He's just telling him about what was going to happen. As he says, you and all these things will take place because I go to the Father. I'm leaving this world in this fleshly body. I'm going now to the Father and receive of all of him so that I can give to you. Wonderful to think about. But all that the Father has is in the hands of Jesus Christ to give to all that know Him. All that put their faith and trust in Him. All that repent of their sin. And then said some of his disciples among themselves, What is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me. And because I go to the Father. And they said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while, and we cannot tell what he saith. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking to them about. And you know today, if we don't understand what he would have for us to do, if we don't understand his message, 
disciples were praying among themselves there. What is this that he has said unto us? And he goes on and they say, and they say therefore. What is this that he said? A little while. We cannot tell what he said. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, Jesus knows all of our life. He knows what you need. He knows what you want to ask him. Let that be first and foremost in your mind today. If you are ready, that you are willing, and you are asking, what? Give me the understanding of your word, Lord, so that I can abide in you and you abide in me. Jesus knew what they were desired to ask him and said unto them, Do you inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while? And you shall not see me, and can a little while, and you shall see me. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that you shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and you shall be sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow, because her hour is come, but as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more the anguish, the joy that a man is born into the world. Now you therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. He just telling them some of the things there. He says, you're inquiring about this. And he says, you shall weep, and you shall be greatly sorrowful. You see the suffering and the things that Christ, that Jesus has to go through. When you see me have to be nailed on that cross, you shall be in great sorrow. But he says the world will be rejoicing. The Jews there that put him to death, that had him put to death, was rejoicing. I thought that, well, we have put this off, off the earth now. We put this Jesus and his words, we have conquered it. But that wasn't the case at all. He says that your sorrow will be turned into joy. And I can tell you that on that day of Pentecost, and even before that, when the Lord had shown himself that he was alive to Mary and he had shown himself to others, that brought great joy to them. But then on that day of Pentecost, when they were able to receive of that new birth, that is what brought the most joy when they could see the power of God and how it was working right there among the men and how others was able to see it, the great joy that that brought right into their heart. And you now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy shall no man and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give to you. Heretofore have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Ask in the name of Jesus Christ, that your name, that you might be able to receive that spirit. That is what we should be asking for. Asking, Lord, give me that spirit to lead God and direct me, to take me through this life. To give me that comfort, that joy, that peace, that power over Satan. Go through Jesus Christ, and the Father will choose you to be able to receive that. Henceforth, have you asked nothing in my name? Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Remember, we read another place there where he said that your joy would be filled. That's his desire. That's the desire of God that we be filled with righteousness, we be filled with joy. These things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak to you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. And I know that that was on the day of Pentecost that when that spirit came, it was plain as, as the light. It was plain as what we might say today. It was plain as day right in front of the people of what they should do. And that they heard. of you here today that you are hearing the wonderful words of life and you are accepting it as that. And you are ready to have your joy filled by Him. These things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when no man, when no more when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I will not say unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came out from the Father. You believe the Father loved the Son, and you believe that he came from the Father, the Son did. For, and I came from the Father and am come unto the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. And this is what he was just telling them, that you're going to be able to see. And you're going to be see that how the, the Father loves you so much that he'll send to you that new birth that new spirit. And he says, I came from the Father. And do we understand that today as we should? And I'm coming to the world. He came here to overcome the world. And he did. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. And that's where he is there today, on the right hand of God the Father. And he has given to us the commandment to go 
to preach and to teach His Word, to let that Spirit abide in you and let that Spirit be strong in you and overcome and encourage others. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speaketh no proverbs. Do we hear it? Has it been plain enough to us today to where we truly understand the words of truth and to where we truly are ready to put it all into his hands, just whatever it might be, and see victory? That's the promise of him, eternal life. It's what he's promised to us. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee. By this we believe that thou camest forth from God, that thou knowest all things, and that you are able to give to us all things, give us the knowledge that we will understand all things. Jesus answered them, Do ye now believe? That's a question that I want every one of us to ask. I'm going to ask you today, and you answer that in your own heart. Do ye now believe? Do you believe the words that Jesus Christ has put forth before us today. That they are the truths of God. And that we must hear His Word. We must live by His commandments here upon the earth. And we must have love for God the Father and His Son above all things. And we must love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we must follow Him put it all into his hands. Do ye now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now cometh, come, that ye shall be scattered every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Jesus, again, just telling them about what's going to happen. He says, now, I want you to understand. Do you believe? Jesus was sincere in his heart there. He was so strong to his disciples, wanting them to see the truth, wanting them to know and understand what was right before them. And that's what he's coming to us with today. Do you now believe these words? The hour is coming. Yea, is now come that ye shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And this happened. Right there, his disciples that looked upon him as the Son of God, just a few hours later there, when he was arrested there, they all fled and left him. But he says, You will leave me alone. You are man. But the Father will not leave me alone. And your friends may desert you today. Your parents, your friends, whoever it is might desert you. But God will not desert you as long as you want to abide in Him. As long as you want that first and foremost, He will not desert you. 
He will never leave you. He, just as he did not leave Jesus, he said, Every man to his own and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me and he will be with you. These things I have spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen to that. Be encouraged. Behold, the hour is coming. Let's go back to that 31st verse and start there and read it again. Do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that you shall be scattered and every man to his own and shall leave me alone. At, but, and yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. Now they were scattered. But I believe that they came back. I know that they did. There was all one that didn't. Judas. But they came back to him. And I believe that those 11, and I believe the other one that they chose to take Judas's place was there at the day of Pentecost. They received of that, and they had that peace. And they were strong. And they were able to then to go out and proclaim his word. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. He says, I've spoke these things to you. I've told you about how that, and in the love of Jesus Christ, in accepting him, we can have that comfort, that peace. And to be able to stand here upon the earth with confidence that we have eternal life. To be ready to leave this world at any time. Because we are confident when we die, this body dies, that now we have life. That we will go right on into eternal life. We lay this body down and pick up that spiritual life. In the world you shall have tribulation. In this world we will. We'll have tribulations. We'll have trials, temptations, and all kind of things that Satan brings upon us to try you and me. But remember, you've got the power of God. But be of good courage. He says you'll have these things. But be of good courage. I have overcome the world. And friends, it doesn't matter what it is how disappointing it might look to you or whatever. Be looking beyond this life. Be looking to eternal life. Look to eternal life. Look what He did for us. He went through all of these things. And He was hated so that you and I can have eternal life, so that we can have what He says right here. Be of good. In the world you shall have tribulations. In this life. Be of good cheer. This is Jesus Christ's words. I, Jesus Christ, have overcome the world. And what does he say he's going to send to you? I'm going to send to you that comforter.
That's what he has promised. I have spoken these things. I have told you these things. And I will send to you that comforter, that spirit of the Holy Ghost. That is what we all have to have. That's what he said. Told Nicodemus that we must be born again. I have overcome the world. I will send to you the new spirit. That's what he promised. Do ye now believe? I'll close on that. And we will sing number 40. When they ring those golden bells, number 40. And there may be somebody here that might would like to make that commitment that they believe and they want that peace that Jesus has to offer. And you can do so by coming forward as we sing.
there's a land beyond the river that we call the sweet forever. We shall know no sin nor sorrow in that heaven of tomorrow. We shall only know the blessing of our Father's sweet caressing when they ring those golden bells as we cross over that river into eternal life and to just know the Father's sweet caressing forever and ever. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank you for the mercy and love and power that you have shown to us and that we know that is available to all that seek you. God, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for your son. God, we beg that you open the eyes of the blind spiritually. And those that say they see, you make them blind so that they can truly see your word. God, we know that your mercy is extended to us all. And we just beg that what will you have for us to do? And we beg that your spirit be prevalent within us and that you fill us with spiritual wisdom and knowledge and that you show us how to encourage others here in in, your li in our life here upon the earth and that we are ready to go to war with Satan with your power, your love, and your mercy. And we thank you for the comment that you have overcome the world in Jesus Christ so that we might be able to do the same. Be with those that are struggling, Lord, and show us how we should use the things that you've you have entrusted into our hands. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.